going to do it in one go. Yep. Let's First do it. time. Right now, you ready? Go. Welcome to That Sucks Podcast. Fuck off. I'm not, we're not, we're, <laughs> a handshake media podcast. Cooked it already. Troy Nabobarn on lead vocals, ladies and, and gentlemen. Dan Cribb on the backing vocals behind Troy. Um, and special guest today. First podcast for 2020 on guest vocals, the man, the myth, Nick Delena. Hello. You must be so happy right now. I'm very happy. Just quickly, so Nick, you are, you are a big fan, right? You've, you've listened to this podcast. I've actually listened to every single podcast you guys have done except one, I think, and I can't remember which one that really? was. Really? Have you been on a podcast before? No, actually. This is, your, this is your... Fuck, this must be the... All your Christmases have come at once today, haven't yeah, they? my podcast hymen is being snapped. Love it. Yeah. For everybody that doesn't know me and doesn't know Nick, we play in a band together. That's fair to say. We do. Today, we've got Nick on the podcast because Nick... Uh, went through a little thing uh, a couple of years ago, about, uh, when was it, almost two years ago? Yeah, diagnosed in April 2018. With what? Thyroid cancer. Really? So what, take us back, what happened? Like, when did you start feeling... Okay, well, here's the interesting thing. So I didn't, there was no side effects, there was no warning signs whatsoever. Uh, I was sitting on the couch one day, one night, with my wife, we are watching some TV, and um, thought I was getting a bit of a sore throat. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, okay, you know, I'll just go check the old glands here to see if I'm getting a sore throat and sort of started pressing my uh, neck area there and uh, as I sort of moved down my neck, I ended up feeling a little lump right at the base of my neck, really mm. tiny lump, it felt like a, a frozen pea or something like that and thought, oh, that's a bit weird, never felt that before, better go upstairs just to see where that actual point is and try and locate it on the other side of my neck as well to see if there was a bit of symmetry there. Mm -hmm. Couldn't find the symmetry and I thought, oh, this is a bit bit hairy. Luckily, I've got a mum that works for a radiology or in a radiology place, so I have like really cheap access to um, ultrasounds and that sort of thing. And I'm in there all the time, so I rang her. Just for fun or? Yeah, just to check (laughs) if I'm pregnant. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so I uh, called her the next day and she wasn't worried at all because um, I'm in there all the time just checking random stuff. And I said, Mum, I'm going to come in and uh, I need one of your sonographers to run the ultrasound over my neck. Um, and she said, no worries, come on down. Went in there. Ultrasound or sonographer put the uh, thing on my neck and moved around and said everything was sort of fine. Uh, And then she got to the base of my neck and sort of paused because they only really spend about 10 seconds on one certain area. Yeah. And um, when she got to that point on my neck, she probably spent about two or three minutes just hovering around that one area, taking pictures at different angles. And that's kind of when I knew something was up. Yeah. And I thought, oh, God, here we go. Not good. Not good. Richmond have just won the flag six months before. Life's going great. Don't want this to happen. Um, So... She exited the room. She went to go consult with a doctor. Mm-hmm. Doctor came back into the room and he said, um, we just want to do some further tests. Uh, and he sent me across the road and they did a um, biopsy. You guys ever had one of those before? Never. No. And yet from your <clears throat> thyroid? Yeah. How, yes. How's that work? So it's not fun. Um, but basically they just inject the area that they need a biopsy with like a local anesthetic, mm-hmm. which is an interesting um, procedure. Uh, and then, I mean, you're completely awake and aware of everything, but then they stick another needle in your neck once everything's gone numb and literally puncture the lump mm-hmm. that in question and siphon out whatever's in there. And then once they do that, they send that off for, test, for testing and then you get your results back. Um, and so that happened. I went home that night like nothing had happened. And then I get a call 
at the end of the next workday from my GP and he said, um, you got to come in, I've got to talk to you. And that's never happened mm. before. So I've done tests in the past and usually it's a phone call where it's just like, ah, oh, you're fine, I'll see you next time you got a flu or whatever. And so I did that. I went in at um, 5.30 with my wife and uh, <laughs> nice GP that I have walks in the room and, um, and I said, what, what's going on? And my, my wife basically took over the conversation from that point because I was just in shock. And uh, he said it was thyroid cancer and I didn't know what thyroid cancer was. I'd never heard of it before. And that was about it. The extent of my knowledge of the thyroid was that one guy in high school had his out in high school, but it wasn't cancer related. It's something to do with something else. And uh, I remember his weight fluctuated, and we'll get into that later, but his weight fluctuated a lot mm. after that. And so that was it. Um, I thought I, I left that GP room thinking I was going to die. And it wasn't in t- until I got in the car and we started Googling, Dr. Google, um, about what thyroid cancer was all about. And um, uh, basically, it's the Rolls Royce of cancer, if you will. It's like the um, if you're ever going to get cancer, it's the one you want to get. So I would have thought Googling that would be the worst thing you could do, mm. right? Mm. But turns out, no. So at that point... Because, I mean, you know, you're, you're, a, you're a singer as well. Mm. Um, at what point did, the, did you start thinking about that as a thing of, all right, well, I'm, this is very treatable, but then what's going to happen to my voice? Or was that a thought that was pretty close there or that was not even in the, the back of your mind at all? Well, it's funny because it was about two months. I got diagnosed about two months after we started this new band thing. And that was kind of like a second income for me. And I just thought to myself, it's bloody typical that this has happened two months after I started yeah, this it's, thing. Yeah, it's funny. So, like... If I covers or originals? Uh, doing covers. 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 If I can take over for one set, because mm. I remember when I found out about this, because Nick and I didn't really know each other that well, but we played maybe one gig, and I was driving to Kalgoorlie with one of my other bands, and I was going like, man, I did this gig with this guy last week, and such a great singer, great voice, you know, one of the, the best singers I've played with. And you go out of, um, out of phone reception for a while, and then I got back into phone reception. The first message I got was from uh, past guest Leon Todd saying, man, Nick's got cancer. I'm like, what the fuck? And mm. it was thyroid cancer. like, oh, God. Mm. Of mm. all things, like, to, to, have, uh, to think you're going to lose that voice as well. I was like, I was sick thinking, like, for you. Um, I didn't talk to you about it for, like, months after that. Mm. But um, I just couldn't believe it, man. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was about two two months after we started this thing is when I got diagnosed. And, and really quick, so you yeah. were 29 at the time? Uh, 30. Yes, 29. Yeah. A couple of months off 30, yeah. Yeah, so quite, like, still quite young. Like, you don't really think people our age sort of getting cancer. I mean, yeah. it's it's a, a very, you know, small percentage, I suppose. But Well, every and- doctor I spoke to um, after that and every surgeon I spoke to after that said that you're extremely unlucky because it's... Um, it's a disease that's predominant in females over the age of, I think, 50 or even 60. Yeah, so the right. fact that I got it, I was just extremely unlucky. Turns out, though, that a couple of, I think a year or so later, two distant cousins of mine also had thyroid oh, wow. cancer and had to get theirs removed as well. So clearly there's a hereditary link there. Interesting. Did you, sorry, do you play guitar, bass, anything else? No, just, purely a vocalist. So that, that's the extent of your music. So if you lose the voice, that you, sort of, that you lose that side of your life. I'm gone. Kind of thing. Yeah. That's it. I'm out of the music game. Yep. Yeah, wow. But uh, to answer your question, no, I didn't think about it once. Uh, really? Because all of my focus goes on to I need to stay alive. Yeah, fair enough. And that's purely all I cared about was I just got married. Uh, we want to start a family. Mm. I can't die now. There's too much that I need to do still. Yeah, And so it probably wasn't until I sat down with the second surgeon and the surgeon that I actually went with for the operation where he said, 
like he was just super chilled in his um, consultation with me as well. And he was basically just like, dude, we're going to cut this thyroid out of, your, out of your neck and you're seriously going to be fine. Like, cause I, I just, I started panicking, you know what yeah. I mean? Like a million questions. I need to know everything. And he's just like sitting back in his office chair going, yep, we'll cut it out. You'll be fine. It's all good. What are the treatment options that you had? It was basically like, so, and the thyroid's in your neck, right? Yep. So yeah, to the base that, of the neck. Is it a form of throat cancer then? No, it's not. So that's what I thought. Cause I think throat cancer is a lot more deadly. Like the guy from Dragon. So he died oh, right. of throat cancer. I think it's a different type of cancer. Gotcha. So basically um, the thyroid is a butterfly shaped organ that sort of um, wraps itself around your esophagus in your neck. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the base, like, like at the base of that um, organ your, your, uh, of the thyroid, it sort of wraps itself around uh, your vocal cords on both sides Gotcha. as well. So when they go in to cut it, they obviously have to cut it at the base where your vocal cords kind of are. And so he basically, um, it, it, I mean, he, he was real upfront with me. He said, you may never sing again. Yeah. And I said to him, look, that's secondary anyway. If you can save my voice, I'd be very appreciative, but I need you to save my life first. Yeah. And, uh, and he goes, no worries. And that was pretty much the last conversation we had before I went under. Wow. Yeah. And so from the time when you were diagnosed to the time that you had the surgery, how long was that? Diagnosed in early April 2018, went on a trip over east on a cruise. And so for me, I was thinking, oh, my God, I've got to cancel this um, yeah. family trip that we've mm. got going on because... Usually, when you get diagnosed with cancer, you need to be in hospital the next uh, day or two. Yeah, and he and again, his chilled out demeanor was, "You're gonna be fine. Go on your trip. This this is a very slow growing, slow spreading cancer. You're gonna be fine. I'll see you when you get back." Wow. And so I think it was about four to six weeks after I got diagnosed, I was oh, on okay, the table. Right. Wow. So yeah. were you trying to do, in that time trying to make the obviously not in the front of your mind, but just trying to sing it all or get it out of your system sort of thinking or not really? You know what's just... kind of funny? So we, um, we we went on this cruise. It was my wife's family, right? So they basically pa- paid for our ticket. We just had to fund the airfare. Nice. And uh, there was a Voice of the Ocean. I've never told anyone this. There was, a, <laughs> there was a competition on board called Voice of the Ocean. And for the whole trip, they were just like, you got to enter, you got to enter. And I was just like, I cannot be bothered. I just want to relax on this trip, you know? And they're like, yeah, but it might be, in their morbid sense of humor, it might be the last opportunity you get to sing in front of an audience. And I said, and that was the tipping point. I was like, okay, I'll do it. And so I did it. And we sang, I sung Valerie in its proper key, <laughs> in its normal key. And uh, yeah, that got it on film and, and did really well. And that was, that was all good. Like vocally, no challenge or anything like that. I'll mention that I won. Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah, I've got the trophy at home. Is that where you want a trophy? Uh, yeah. yeah. I want yeah. the video, not the trophy. Yeah. That's on Facebook <laughs> somewhere. I, I did a karaoke competition one time, won $25 voucher. Oh, it was more Came than second. I got. <laughs> I got a trophy with princess misspelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Princess trophy disease that only above 50-year-old women get. Yeah. Um, and my hymen snapped earlier. Yeah. <laughs> my podcast hymen. Yeah. So Very look at you. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. What was the question? Uh, no. So at one point, I thought to myself, and it, it just pained every bone in my body to think about it. But I contacted our bass player, John, and I said, listen, we've just started this band. Is there any chance whatsoever we can just record 40 song cover songs? And then if I absolutely have to just mime live, <laughs> I'll do it. Wow. Because I don't really care. So, but what if someone yells at a request and you're just like, it's not on the list? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll just sing it really badly. <laughs> but again, like I was sort of determined to sing again anyway. So yeah. Um, you said what the treatment options were? Yep. So depending on what country you live in throughout the world, in Japan, they just sort of keep a watching brief on it. Oh, okay. So you can just live with it. Really? Yeah. 
why would you want to live with that? Because well, it, it's slow spreading. That's what you said, It right? is. It is. Um, and again, like most diagnoses, mm-hmm. diagnoses, think, diagnoses, diagnoses, yeah, uh, happen after the age of 60 anyway for most people. And I think most doctors hold the position that it's like, well, something else is going to kill you before this thing does. Yep. Because um, there are four types of thyroid cancer and I had the most common type and it's the least deadly. Right. Um, the fourth type is like deadly within months. You don't want that one. It's super, super rare. But if you get it, you're done. Um, anyway, and but in America and here and I think Britain as well, it's we find it, you're getting it cut out and that's it. That's the only treatment option for right. it. There's no target targeted uh, chemotherapy or anything or laser therapy. We've spoken about it before. You said when you found it, how big was it? It was 10 mil. 10 mil. So, yeah. And because I remember you told me they usually find it when it's quite a lot bigger than that, correct? Yeah. You just so, were very lucky to mm. sort of find it. When it. So what was like 30 mil it's common to find it at or something like I, that? I, no, I think it's, so. yeah, 10 mil is a centimeter. Yep. I think you're supposed to find it roughly when it's three mil, so three centimeters. So mo- oh, three, all of yep. the surgeons that I actually consulted with said, how did you find it, yep. A, and B, you shouldn't have found it for at least another five years. Were they kind yeah. of angry at you for finding it? A little bit. I could tell they were a little bit insulted. Yeah. Like just, I'm self-diagnosing. Yeah. Left you, and right. You just got to go in for like the tiniest little thing. Like just let it, let it get bigger and then, you know, we've got more cause to come and chop something out. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, but, look, even then it's still spread to, spread to five lymph nodes. So you can imagine what yeah, another right. five, five years would have done. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really, there was no option. Just get rid of it. And as mm. I said, so you can't do radiation or uh, anything else to sort of... So that was offered to me afterwards. So right. they cut it out and they said... Now you have the option of doing a radioactive iodine drink. And basically what you have to do is go into hospital. They um, quarantine you in a room for three days. So um, you, you're basically sealed off, which is basically how I want to live my life, actually, <laughs> my everyday life. But uh, when they when the nurses come in and stuff, they'd be in the full headgear and the hazmat suits and whatever because yep. you're radioactive. Um and so that what that would have done is you would have taken that drink and any remaining cancer cells in your body at that point would have been eradicated. Oh, okay. However, I would have been sterile for six months. Right. And I and I also didn't. It just didn't sit well with me. Like if I'm going down to the shops buying organic eggs over cage, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to drink poison. Yeah, fair enough. Sounds like a scene from Chernobyl. Yeah, yeah. kind of. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so you had it cut out. Yep. And what was uh, what was the recovery process after that? Could Basically just rest. I could talk. Yeah, I could talk straight away. So you guys ever been put under before? Had an operation? No, no. But I'm terrified I will and I'll say something very, very incriminating in the process. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a fantastic experience. So I've, I've gone under three times. Two of them were elective. Obviously, the last one wasn't. Um, but it's a fantastic experience. It really is. Like I can fully understand how people get addicted to painkillers and stuff like yeah, that. Right. Oh, man. It's just unbelievable. But when you wake up, you, your brain sort of wake up, wakes up before your eyes can open. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my experience anyway. And so that's the first thing I remember waking up is that I sort of squinted one eye open and thought to myself, okay, the operation's over. Holy shit, three and a half hours has gone by. That's no good. Hope everything went well. But then the first thing I tested was I just went with la, 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 la. And I was like, cool, I can still sing. It wasn't, wow. it wasn't gone. And so I was happy with that. But the range wasn't there at Just all. Just even knowing you could do that, though, straight away must have been a massive weight off your oh, shoulders. Oh, huge. Huge. Was there any risk of losing your talking voice as well? No. So that was different. Oh, there may that. have been, but he never, he never talked to me about that, no. Yeah, so it was just really just the singing voice. So, yeah. um, And because I, I reckon I saw you pretty close after you'd had the operation. I, obviously, we didn't really gig. Oh, we, you know what? We did gig pretty soon after it within a, like a month or something. Is that a saint? Yeah. yeah which I, I couldn't believe because I'm thinking like, man, this guy's just had 
you know. Wait, so you were up singing a month after the surgery? Sorry? Yeah, so he gave me specific instructions, and I don't know if this has actually been worse for me long term, but he said you don't sing for four to six weeks. And, and you think, were like, what the fuck do you know? <laughs> yeah, doctor, you fucking suck, bro. <laughs> Google told me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think because the operation was in May and I was on stage in July, I think. Yeah, I reckon we, it was somewhere around June, July. Yeah, 2018, we yeah. look back in again. I mean, a lot of the rapping parts were easy because it's basically talking. Yeah. But then as soon as you have to start singing, yeah. that's where it's harder. But won't, didn't you have to kind of practice and warm up to it before? So you, were st- so you were singing even earlier than that to get ready for I did, know. and I probably shouldn't have, but so I you did. didn't. So what you're saying is you didn't wait four to six weeks. You just kind of like... I probably gave it uh, three weeks. Oh, okay. And then started messing around in the car with some low-range... Yep. Vocal parts, yeah. Was there yep. any harm that in doing that earlier you could cause permanent damage? I wonder, and I don't know. So you were testing it out, and so what was the range like then? Like what? It was awful, awful. Yeah. What could? So you, you know, you know that uh, Incubus song, "Loneliest." I'm the loneliest. Yep. I couldn't even do that. Oh, so what you just did then? I couldn't do it. Um, the you could get that. Yeah, it was the loneliest line. The, the word. Did you loneliest. feel like the loneliest? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Driving to fucking well up shops. <laughs> In my car, not being able to sing. It was awful. Yeah. So how long did it take you to start to slowly get those notes back? And was there a point where you just like, would you have like a few days when it was like there was no progress whatsoever? You were trying to sing something and just like no, nothing's coming out, nothing's coming out? Uh, no, I, I, mean, I noticed small progress, but it would be over a, a couple of month period. And that's still the same for now. Yeah. So I can reach things singing in the car or whatever that I couldn't two months ago. Yep. And so every two months seems to be the checkpoint where it's like now I can do something that I couldn't do before. Yep. But in addition to sort of robbing me of the sort of 15, 10 to 15% of my upper vocal range, it's also robbed me of endurance. Yeah, okay. So if I sing, like if, like if there was a song that I could sing before, like Valerie, for example, right? So that song's consistently like up a bit yep. for a male vocalist. And I used to be able to get through that, no trouble. But because that's consistently sung and there's no low points in that song, it's consistently sung at a high-ish level. Yep. By the time I get three quarters through that song in, in its original key now, my throat wants to give in. And, sure. you, and, you, and you'll have a man walking up and snatching your trophy off you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't deserve this. Yeah. Yeah. Just quickly, uh, for anyone listening at home, so you've done this to me before, when you've put your finger on my neck and told me to sing, right? Yep. And that's what it feels like. So just to, like... A finger on the like on the Adam's apple and just try and make a sound. No, I'd say just below the Adam's apple. Yep. So, so we'll try like, now. You know, what do you call that little this section here? This oh yeah, thing. I can feel it. I know what you, I can feel the hole right now. But okay, so just go up a little bit. Yeah. So in between that and your Adam's apple, and just put push your thumb down. Yeah. And now try oh, and sing. Wait, what's that meant to do? Uh, that sort of gives people who have still got their thyroids an <laughs> idea of what I actually go through uh. on a daily basis. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it just it just basically compresses your vocal cords so that when you go for a high note, it stops you from doing it. Do you feel like the tone of your voice changed at all as well? I'm as not sure the range and the yeah. Years? I'm not sure. What do you think? Um, I mean, you heard that clip before. What yeah, do you think? I mean, we basically we had a quick listen to Nick. So when was that? That was like a year or two before you had the cancer, right? Yeah, so, about two years before. Yeah, yeah, and listening to you sing some like you know high rock stuff. And yeah, your your voice sounds great. I gig with you probably every week, and knowing how you sound now, it's it's pretty similar. I don't know if you've if it's changed the tone. I'm not sure if uh, I can't remember when you first had it, how much how different it was, but certainly the range thing is different because um, the way now, and this is almost two years later or a year and a half later, we're tuning the songs down just mm. to uh, to help you out a little bit, and 
uh, I know if it's, as we, we usually do, if it's a longer gig, then um, I do a little bit more of the singing just to sort of uh, divvy it up out. a little bit more. Yeah. So, yeah, like knowing those things and, and, and hearing how you sound, like I haven't heard you really hit those those high notes. But the interesting thing is that falsetto is still there mm. and, I mean, the low notes are still there. It's just there's like a couple notes that are tough that are causing you some issues. I think noticing how all that's changed, you were bitching and moaning about it a lot more at the start. And I say bitching, bitching and moaning. I was going to say bitching and moaning. Look, <laughs> yeah, this is the prick that I have to deal it with. It seems <laughs> like that's a pretty, uh, you know. Yeah, but I think it's also, I've said this to you in the past too, like I think your voice has like gotten a lot stronger over time. And yeah. I'm sure over the next six months again, as we start pushing it and pushing and pushing it, you'll just, you will probably get back. Oh, I'm convinced that you actually do songs in E sharp, if not E, at times. Firstly, it's E flat, not E sharp, because E sharp's F. It's the same thing. <laughs> Moving on. Very much not the same thing. Yeah. But no, I haven't. I, I've thought about it, but no, I haven't. I bet you have because sometimes I do the same songs with other people and they do it in D, they tell me, and it's a lot lower. Anyway, yeah, it doesn't really matter. They probably matter. cook it, but like, what do they know? That's true. Um, They're not Troy Namber Band after all. No. Yeah. Is there a sense of like, have you changed how you view singing now in general and watching other people sing and just... Um, I listen to... I've just re- gotten right back into Simply Red. I know you're not a huge fan. I but don't like, I don't anything Simply Red. Uh, so. Well, Mick Hucknall is a fantastic male vocalist and I just watch him and I'm just like, even before cancer, BC, we call it BC, <laughs> um, a lot of his parts were completely out of my vocal range and now I just listen to him and I just look at him and I'm like, so effortless, dude, and you're like 60. And he just absolutely nails it and I just envy people like that because mm. I'm like, I wish I could just get back to where yeah. I was and, I'm, and I probably will. Probably will. There's some people who went through things with their vocal cords and it changed their voice for the better or made the vocals different. Mm. Like I know um, Bonnie Tyler, um, she had vocal like nodes on her vocals. Oh, yeah. Which oh, yeah. Is like a, um, yeah, they're like little calluses. Basically. That's like yeah, a fatigue yeah. thing though, isn't it? Like using your voice. Yeah, yeah, like can be, yeah, yeah. If you're not singing correctly right. and, and things like that. And she had them um, removed. Actually, this is like kind of, I guess, the same recovery period. You had them surgically removed and the doctor said, no, you know, no singing for like four to six weeks. Yeah. Don't even talk. And about three or four weeks in, she got extremely frustrated and just started <laughs> screaming oh, no. and caused uh, permanent damage. Um, which, but th- And then she became, it after that, her voice, people say, got better. Okay. She kind of became... So. I think Rod Stewart had the same thing. I think he had really? his thyroid removed. Oh, thyroid was removed. Yeah, I think he did, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of things with the voice like that where, I mean, the nodes are bad. That's the singer's worst nightmare. Sometimes they just go away by themselves. And sometimes, depending on how bad they are, they have to be surgically removed. But if it's so delicate, like those vocal cords, you take a knife to them or however it is that they do it. A knife. It's a slight nick, yeah. so to speak. But also with yours. Unintended, right? <laughs> when they remove yours, it, it, was it potential for the same thing? Like if the scalpel slips, there you go. <clears throat> He didn't say that he didn't in say many but words, but I imagine that would have been yeah. an issue. Yeah, it's, and it's so. Was there any indication why you got thyroid cancer, or was that just just one of those things just happened because, or you know, like you said, maybe it was in the family or yeah. Something well, I mean, like that. that's a question that I asked straight away. Is to the doctor was what causes this, mm. and like most cancers, they said we don't know. And so they think that uh, there's genetic factors at play. Like I said, after about a year after my operation, two of my distant cousins also had theirs removed for the same reason. Huh. Was it but, the exact same type as well? Yep, exactly wow. the same. Right. Um, same age bracket. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, though, there wasn't any history of it in our family other than thyroid issues, but uh-huh. not thyroid cancer, like hyperthyroid. Hey, did you just uh-huh me? <laughs> Don't uh-huh me. Have you noticed he does that? Uh-huh. I, I will uh-huh. now, every time I hang out with him. It's like the ad-lib uh, 
version of I'm shutting this conversation down. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, like hypothyroidism, uh, hypothyroidism and all that sort of stuff. But, um, look, I imagine it was probably a combination of genetic factors and smoking 25 cigarettes a day for seven years, uh-huh. which was a bad move on my part, a <laughs> bad, bad move. Yes. Having said that, I miss it every day. Oh, so oh yeah, I was, gonna, I was about to say, <laughs> do you smoke again? I don't. I don't. And I, ha- to be honest, I actually quit. So this thing apparently has been in my neck in microscopic form since about 2012. So I had an ultrasound on my neck for a different just reason. Just go see your mum. Yep. Have a quick scan. What was it? I can't remember. Oh, just a lymph node that was enlarged. And I thought back in 2012, and I thought that's a bit strange. Went in and they're like, yeah, it's a lymph node. Six years later, when I had this thyroid scan, they were like, oh, yeah, looking at your 2012 images, we actually can see the start of this cancer that started. It was like microscopic, but it was a little white dot. Yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't even know. A bit. Nah, yeah. nah. So doctors aren't concerned until something is 10 mil. Yep. And so this was like one mil, right? So it was microscopic pretty much. And, um, and they said, okay, based on that image, we know that this has been in your neck for at least since at least 2012. And I quit smoking in, I think, 2011. So, oh, oh, right, okay. There you go. Don't know. But you said you miss it every day. I don't miss it every day. I, do, I don't know. After a meal, it's just fantastic. Have you ever smoked? No. Never. Never? Never. Don't do it. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get thyroid cancer and die. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was very uh, turned off it when I was a kid. Well, yeah. Why? Well, every piece of advertising that's shoved in our faces, mm. kids like don't smoke. Smoking is bad for you. So I thought, okay, I won't do that. That was my only vice though. Like, and not everyone needs a vice, but I don't know what yours is. Coffee maybe. Oh, uh, everything. Food. Food. Burritos. Burritos. Yeah. Yep. Guzman. Yeah. But that's also a thing. It's like, well, if I can like maybe not get cancer from that, mm. if that's a cause of cancer, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. So that's something I always thought about. So, But yeah. you're checking yourself now, right? I suppose that's one of the messages I want to leave. And I don't want to gender stereotype here, but women tend to be better at checking shit. And so men need to do that too. No, you're right. We've had that conversation a few times, um, Nick and I, because I'm not a man that goes to the doctor very often, but Mm. I have been going now. After Nick, what Nick went through with his thing, I'm trying to get over my mental blocks of it and just go get it checked out. Because as you said, you've got a lot lot to live for. I've got a lot to live for. Mm, mm. Um, You know, we're only 12 episodes into this podcast and (laughs) you want to get to at least a thousand, right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, Otherwise, what's the point? Mm. Exactly. This this is all just filler content till we hit a thousand. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be back for that. Um, But no, I'll I'll just kind of like echo that, like go to the doctor, get yourself checked out. And that's the episode. (laughs) (laughs) That sucks. Presented by Handshake Media. Um, Nick, anything that you want to promote before we let you go? Not particularly. No? Really? All I would say is that if you're listening and you're worried about something, don't fuck around. Go check it out. Amen to that. Uh, nice little outro there. Thank you very much. Nick Delena on uh, lead guest. Lead guest. and gentlemen. To my left. Um, Thank you hey, so much Hey, if you like what you hear, subscribe and all that shit. Um, Apple Podcasts. Yep. We're on Spotify. Where do you did, listen did to you podcasts? Yeah, where do you listen to it? On three podcasts. The podcast app on the phone. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Beautiful. You're going to give us a review? Are you I'll give review, myself a review. Review this episode? Yeah, review yeah, this episode. Go on. It all, ca- it all counts. It all Five helps. stars. Uh, go back and check out the rest of our episodes and the other networks, podcasts. And uh, The Green Room. Two Truths two, and a oh, Lie. Hey! And hey, Matter of Faction. Wow. He remembered something about the network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Handbrake Media. They have a very varied... Uh, very Handbrake t- Media. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, we're going to call Thank you for it. listening to the Handshake Media Network. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye.